Uh, if I've not met you before, my name is Paul and I am uh, one of the pastors here. And it's just wonderful uh, to be gathered tonight as the, the church, worshipping Jesus and allowing the Spirit of God to move. We are starting a new series today called Spiritual Gifts. Now, yes, this morning there was distinctly less whooping and excitement at that moment. But you know, as, as I say that, some of you are like, yes, come on, let's do this. Others of you will be here and go, what on earth do you mean <laughs> by spiritual gifts? The reality is there's going to be a spectrum of how we sort of feel about them, what we know of them. But my hope both today and across this series is that we stir a real hunger in all of us for the spiritual gifts. And as we kick off, let me, um, let me just share a little bit about my story of encountering them. I grew up, uh, fortunately, as a Christian uh, and in a kind of small local church in London. Uh, and it did many things very well. But the reality is I didn't get taught about the spiritual gifts. I didn't really see them operate in a tangible way. Uh, and so I kind of grew up in the faith. And it really wasn't until kind of about 15, 16 that I went to a Christian festival called Soul Survivor, which many of you will know, uh, and encountered them for the first time. Sunny came into, for those of you who know, it was a kind of a big, big top, big tent. There's about 10,000 young people going crazy for Jesus. Uh, and the Spirit of God would come and people would weep and they'd scream and people would be healed. People would come in sort of physically ill and leave healed. We would see demons cast out. We'd see prophetic words given. And I just remember being like, whoa, what is this stuff? And then God began to use me in it. And I was like, whoa, what, what is going on here, Lord? You must be real. There is something different about what's going on in this environment. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that, some of that early story of seeing God move a little bit later on. But it was this moment where really what happened was I realized I had been uninformed. I just, I kind of followed Jesus, but I just didn't know that these things were really accessible to me, were part of following him. And so I encountered them at places like Soul Survivor. And then over the next few years, it was those kind of conference moments. It was like, okay, I'm seeing this glimpse of Jesus, but I don't really know how to operate this in the day-to-day, -day, in the week-to-week -week, in my local church. And then I came to university, and I stumbled upon this wonderful church, the Vineyard. And I, and I like as many people will often describe, I felt like I'd come home. And I was like, oh, yes, this is my tribe. This is my people. And, and one of the things that really enamored me with the vineyard was the, the natural way in which we engaged with the spiritual gifts. Prophecy happened regularly. Praying for healing happened regularly. We, we would not be afraid to, to speak prophetic words out and go after the things of the kingdom on a regular basis. And I was like, yes, this is the stuff. This is us being who we were made to be. And the reality is, uh, as the Vineyard Church, we're part of the Vineyard Movement, and it has been a hallmark of the Vineyard Church since its inception that we would be people of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God would move in power in our midst, that it's not just something for the select few to experience occasionally, but every single person who follows Jesus is able to engage with the spiritual gifts and see the Holy Spirit move in power, that we would see people healed in the name of Jesus, that we would see demons cast out, that we would be given prophetic words to encourage people, that we would have words of knowledge and wisdom, that we would speak in tongues, that we would see the Lord move. Spiritual gifts are a major way in which God reveals himself here today. The God of love, the God of truth, the God of power, the God who revealed himself in and through Jesus Christ, he wants to be known 
He wants to be known by each and every one of us and each and every one of our friends and family. And one of the major ways that this very real God wants to reveal himself is through the spiritual gifts. There's a vineyard pastor called Rich Nathan over in the States who uh, I'm indebted to as I prepared for this talk. He's got some great material uh, on spiritual gifts. And he put it like this. Spiritual gifts are like one of those geysers bursting through the concrete of the modern world. You know, those kind of hot spring things that just burst up in the ground and shoot right up into the air. While everyone is sitting around living a safe, utterly predictable life, up from the ground bursts this spring, a spring of the Holy Spirit's presence through spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are the way that the Spirit is shown. They are the way the invisible God is made visible. Love that image of a, of a geyser just blowing up through the ground. I then I went on Google then and sort of to see what I could find and found uh, it wasn't actually a geyser, it was a water pipe, it was close enough, that had burst uh, over in, I think it was North Canada. And it, it had burst through the concrete and uh, it was just pummeling this house about 30, 40 feet away, just constantly with water. And there's that moment where it's like, I was like, oh, I kind of get what Rich Nathan is talking about here. Because, you know, imagine you're just sitting there eating your Rice Krispies, having a nice old quiet morning. And then psh, suddenly your house is just getting pummeled with this jet of water. You're going to notice. It's going to shake you up. It's going to pull you out of that routine. No other Rice Krispie fans in the morning? My daughter, my word, she loves Rice Krispies every morning. Well, this morning, actually, she wanted crackers for breakfast. Plain crackers. Who knows? Anyway, uh, over the next five weeks, that's not what we're here to talk about, <laughs> my toddler's eating habits. Uh, but over the next five weeks, we are going to be exploring the spiritual gifts as a church. And we are, at different points, going to look really practically uh, at them to equip us in the things of the kingdom of God. But our prayer across this whole time is the same prayer that the Apostle Paul utters at the start of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, that we would eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. That we as a people would be eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit. And maybe that describes you as you come in the room tonight. You're here and you're like, yes, yes and amen. I want more of the things of God. I want to see God break out. I want to see him use me. I'm hungry for the things of the Spirit of God. Maybe you're in the room and actually kind of as, I, as I've introduced this, you're like, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> eagerly desiring it. Maybe in seasons past, you've been all out for Jesus and like, Lord, would you use me? Let me pray for people who are sick. Speak to me. Give me words for people. But actually right now, you're in a season where maybe, maybe it's just you've just become distracted or the pressures of life have kind of overtaken. And actually right now, you're not in a season where you're eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe you're here and you're like, well, <laughs> I only found out about them about two minutes ago. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to eagerly desire them yet. You know, wherever you're at on that spectrum, our prayer is that God would stake the fire within you and that you would eagerly desire his gifts. We're going to spend a lot of time over the, these next few weeks in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I would really encourage you in your own time with Jesus to be reading these chapters, to be asking him to speak to you and to reveal to you what he wants to so let's jump in. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 1. We're just going to read the first 11 verses today. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. It's a letter that the, Paul, uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, uh, detailing a whole bunch of different stuff and, and helping them kind of work their way through some kind of real tensions that were going on in their local church. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. If not, uh, the verse is going to come up behind me. And it says this. 
Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by, the me- by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, speaking Uh, Sorry, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another an interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I love how this passage of scripture starts. Verse 1, Paul says, do not be uninformed about these gifts. You know, that was my story. For the first 15, 16 years of, of my life and following Jesus and being in church, I was uninformed about them. I just didn't really know that they were accessible to me. I'm, you know, I'm guessing that I probably read about them at times and maybe heard about them in different ways, but I just did not know that they were part of following Jesus. And Paul's like, I, we don't want you to be uninformed, is what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He wants us to eagerly desire them, as we read in, in, verse, in chapter 14, the start of that right at the start of this preach. Paul wants us to be a church who go after the things of the Holy Spirit, to pray to God, to receive the gifts in a greater measure. You know, the danger is that we don't talk about the Holy Spirit and we don't talk about his gifts, that we just get caught up in in a nice routine and a nice kind of way of doing church and we, we like it and we go, oh, it's lovely. And we sort of forget about the Spirit of God that we're not aware, that we don't learn to walk in step with him. You know, if we want to see the kind of things that God wants to bring our community into, we have to press into the spiritual gifts. If we want to see breakthrough in our city, we need to step into the spiritual gifts. If we want to see breakthrough in our lives and in the lives of our friends and our families and see them walk in the freedom that Jesus has for them, we need to press into the spiritual gifts. So as I said, over the next five weeks, we're going to unpack some of those gifts that are listed in that passage in a bit more of a practical way. But today, what I want to do is is give us an overview as we set up into this series. And so we are going to be in just a few verses in the middle of that passage. We're going to be in verses 4 to 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Just a very quick aside that really doesn't have layers to do with what uh, I'm preaching on. But for some of you in the room, this can be really cool. Others of you, just let this go past. But... uh, for those of you who maybe have wrestled with oh, the God, is, God is the Trinity, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And where in the Bible is there a kind of a passage of Scripture when it's all three? You know, we'll read about the Holy Spirit and we'll read about Jesus and read about God the Father. But sometimes it can be sort of hard when reading the Scriptures to be like, where, is, where are they all three in one place? This passage. You see that? Different gifts by the same Spirit. Different kinds of service by the same Lord, by Jesus. 
different kinds of workings, it's the same God. The early church fathers, as they kind of built their theology of the Trinity, of God being Trinitarian, this was a key passage. As I said, for some of you, you're like, what did you just say? For others of you, you're like, ah, nice, I like that. Keep that with you. There we go. Anyway, right, back to what we're really talking about today. So we're going to draw out three things, and we're not going to go through neatly of four, five, six, seven. We're actually going to start in verse six. Bear with me. It will be worth it. The first thing that we are going to draw out as the purpose of spiritual gifts is to empower the church for the work of God. The ESV, which is the different translation of the Bible to the one that we read the passage in, puts it like this. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. The ESV also translates verse 11 with that word empowered as well. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit. This is speaking of God's people being energized and empowered to be able to do the works of God. The Spirit is the one he empowers us. He equips us with his gifts in order to see the kingdom breakthrough that we are longing for. Some of you will know kingdom theology. If you've been around our church, hopefully you've kind of picked it up. Uh, But if you're new to it, very quickly, when Jesus came, war was declared. It's a cosmic war. The war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And the war was won when Jesus died, rose again, and then ascended into heaven. But the battle still rages on. And we're in that between times right now where the war is ultimately won, but there are still battles raging and being fought. The reality is, many of us can feel that. Some of you, as you've walked into church tonight, are like, man, I am in the middle of a battle. Maybe you are acutely aware of the spiritual dimension to that battle. Maybe you're not. Maybe you've just been looking at it as a purely logistic thing, logistical thing or a purely relational thing. And look, I'm not going to say that under every headache is a demon, but you know what? Sometimes we need to open our eyes because there is a spiritual battle raging. And, and what I love is that the spiritual gifts are here to equip us in the spiritual battle. John Wimber, he founded the Vineyard Movement, would talk about the spiritual battle that we're in. And he would say that to fight this battle, we are given two things. One, the armor of God, which we can read about in Ephesians 6, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and so on. And then the other, and this is a little bit cheesy, but he would describe the spiritual gifts as gracelets, like bracelets, but gracelets. He was American. You can forgive him. (laughs) But he would describe them as gracelets that were given for a particular moment or a particular time to fight a particular battle. And it's cheesy, but it's memorable because Wimber was certain the spiritual gifts, God would give them and impart them when we needed them to see kingdom breakthrough in a particular area. There is a spiritual battle going on around us. And we are called to be an army and not an audience. The reality is there is a battle raging, and we have a choice. We have a choice to just observe it. We have a choice to ignore it, to bury our head in the sand and go, oh, hey, no, I just don't want to think about it. Or we have a choice to engage with the spiritual gifts and say, hey, Lord, would you use me? Jesus, tag me in. I want to fight the good fight. I want to seek your kingdom in this world. The spiritual gifts are given by the Lord to help his people extend his kingdom in whatever sphere of influence they're in, in whatever environment you find yourself in. It's not just for the four walls here on a Sunday evening as we gather. It is for 
our neighborhoods, our workplaces, the school gate. It's for your houses, your families, your friendships. It's if, if you're part of a gym or a club, or uh, I was chatting to someone this week who's a part of a book club. It's for your book club. That the Spirit of God would break out in power. I love uh, what Paul says in, uh, earlier in the letter to Corinthians, in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Many preachers have been like, thank you, Paul. <laughs> but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Say that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I was chatting to a friend this week, a guy called Jonathan. He's part of a vineyard church in London. And we were talking a little bit about the spiritual gifts and seeing God move in the local church. Uh, and he was sharing that recently one of his friends had, had visited uh, his church and had come along. And afterwards, his friend turned to Jonathan and said, in my church, I'm told that Jesus is alive. Here, I see that he is alive. Love that. You know, we need the power of God to bring breakthrough in our lives and in our friends' lives. You know, what a thing it would be if you were in your university lectures this week and you're sat next to someone and they're like, oh, actually, I've really hurt my shoulder. And you just turn to them and say, hey, could I pray for you? I think Jesus might want to heal you. And you see them healed. That's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? That's a moment. Now, look, they can choose to do, do with that whatever they will. But let's say they get healed in that moment. And I'm, I'm not saying that they will every single time. But hey, the more people we pray for, the more people we're going to see healed. But in that moment, they're confronted with the reality of like, hey, my shoulder hurt, and now it doesn't hurt. Maybe this God thing is real. I love that the Christian, there is reason and logic within the Christian faith. I love that. But you know what? In my experience, it can be quite hard to reason people into faith. But when they see a demonstration of God's power, when they see the spiritual gifts in, acting, in action, there's something that captivates the heart that goes, maybe Jesus is really alive. So the first purpose of the spiritual gifts is to empower the church for the work of God. The second purpose of the spiritual gift is to serve others. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The Greek word here that is used is diakonia, which uh, is, if you read elsewhere in the New Testament about the sort of different roles in the early church and you see the role, the role deacon, that is where uh, the root word for the word deacon. And the role of deacon was ultimately a servant of the church. And, and this word diaconia being used in this passage is a, is a moment to really kind of show us the purpose that spiritual gifts are there to serve other people. They are not there so that we get an inflated sense of ego. Like, oh, how cool, I just got this great word. <laughs> Or look at, look at God using me. How great am I at? No, it's here to say, God, I, I see someone in need. Would you use me? Hey, I, this, this person is sick. Lord, would you give me the gift of healing to see them healed? Lord, I see my friend. He is discouraged. Would you give me a prophetic word to encourage them in their walk with Jesus? God, you know what? I'm looking, I'm staring down the barrel of a massive barrier in my life right now. I just don't know how I'm going to get past it. Lord, would you give me the gift of faith to believe that you are still good and that you're working and that I will get through this? It's a moment of coming out of ourselves and saying, Lord, would you equip me to serve others better? Would you equip me with the things of the kingdom of God to see others thrive? The ministry of Jesus was a ministry of servanthood. Matthew 20, verse 26 and 27, Jesus says, Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And the reality is that the servant ministry of Jesus 
is now up to us. It's now to be carried out by us, his church, to be his hands and feet. That we would seek the spiritual gifts to see people encounter Jesus, to see their situations change, and to see them come to know him. There is nothing me-centered about desiring spiritual gift. There's nothing arrogant about eagerly desiring to be used by God. What I love, though, about this is that as we serve others, as so often is the case when we pour ourselves out, the Lord pours back in. And so to go back to Soul Survivor, one of the early moments of me encountering the things of the kingdom of God, I was there, I think this time I was maybe 16, might have even been 17, and I'm walking around the big top, uh, and I just get this sense, I see a couple who must have been in their maybe 30s, maybe even 40s, who are clearly kind of youth leaders, you know, they're, they're not my peers, and I'm there just as a kind of young guy, and God drops a word into my mind to share with them. <laughs> And I ignored it. <laughs> I walked past. I was like, no, I don't think I can go and do it. And eventually I was like, Lord, you know what? I, I think this was you. I'm just going to walk up to them. So I walked up and shared this very specific picture that I'd had of a, a, a small room that was filled with lots of papers. And I thought the papers were about kind of finance. And there was this real stress over money and not knowing that they would have enough. Uh, and I kind of shared it. And I think there was an encouragement for it as well. And I prayed for them. And I remember them just being blown away. I think one of them ended up sort of weeping. The other was just like, whoa. And it turned out they ran a small business and they'd sort of come, I think, only for a day or two to help uh, with a youth group. But they were just feeling so discouraged because they were really unsure whether they were going to have enough money uh, to, to sort of make ends meet. And as I described the picture of the room that I saw with all these sort of papers, they were like, that is our study at home where we run our business from. You've described it. And they were just so deeply encouraged. And it was this moment that the Lord gave me a spiritual gift to bless someone else and to serve someone else. I tell you what, my word, I was so blessed and encouraged. Because I was there like, Lord, that you would use me. God, you must be real. Because I don't walk around normally thinking about people's houses and the kind of state of them. (laughs) And I don't normally just walk up to to a couple of people and say, hey, is your room really messy? Can I pray for you? you? Are you broke right now? I don't like, that's not a normal thing for me to do. That's not a normal thing for me to think. So that was the spirit of God speaking to me. And that moment was so profound that I have come back to it time and time again over the years when I have maybe been in a moment of doubt and going, God, are you really real? (laughs) Or do you really speak to us? Do you really move? And I'm like, well, hey, here was this moment that I have no other logical explanation for. Lord, you move. You're real. And so as we serve others, the beautiful thing is we are blessed ourselves. So the first thing is the purpose of spiritual gifts is to empower the church for the work of God. The second thing is they exist to serve others. And the final thing that I want to share on this evening is that they are a gift of grace. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. As we press into spiritual gifts, this is possibly the most important thing for us to understand. Because the Greek word here for gift is more fully translated as gracious gift. Spiritual gifts are therefore a disclosure of God's grace to you. They are an expression of his grace to you. We have to, as we press into spiritual gifts, link it with grace in our minds. 
Because over the years of pastoring and following Jesus, I've chatted to a number of different people about spiritual gifts. And, you know, conversations might go along the lines of something like, hey, you know, have you ever given a prophetic word to someone? Or has God ever used you to pray for someone who's sick and see them healed? Or have you ever spoken in tongues? Have you ever had a word of knowledge for someone? Uh, And when the response is no, then we might kind of press a little bit deeper into why that is. And then often the response that comes back is along the lines of, well, I just don't read my Bible enough. Or, you know what, I'm in a dry patch. I haven't really spent any time with Jesus in the last couple of months. And I'm just in a bit of a bad place with him. Not really sure what I think about my faith. Maybe uh, it's actually there's a kind of uh, uh, an area in their life that like, oh, I just I really struggle with with temper. I'm just, or I'm really, I feel just deeply selfish. Or maybe there's a clear area where they're just like, you know what, right now I'm just, I'm, I'm addicted to porn and I know that's not good. I know that's not how God wants me to live, so I just don't think he's going to use me. There's something in that, that kind of common line of response of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Another line of thinking that sometimes uh, I'd hear when, when people say, I, uh, God doesn't really use me, is they say something like, well, I, I'm a scientist. I'm just, I'm very logical. I'm not very emotional. I had one person one tell me, once tell me, they're like, it would just be easier if I was one of those creative artsy types. <laughs> you know, that they could just sort of sit and be like, oh, Lord, you're so good. <laughs> and I was like, you can still do that <laughs> and be logical. It's okay. But it's that moment where they, they're kind of going, oh, there's something in the personality that God has given me that just means that he doesn't really want to use me and speak to me. The bottom line, kind of whether it's a personality thing, a, a lack of discipline in their life, or actually an area of sin, People think that God is not giving them a gift or doesn't want to give them a gift because of them, because of something they're doing or not doing. I wonder if that resonates with any of you in the room. You don't have to amen at this point. But yes, there's deep sin in my life. (laughs) I mean, it probably is there, but, (laughs) but we don't have to talk about it in this moment. Exactly. But you know what? If you resonate with anything I've just said, maybe you're like, yeah, you know, I've actually said that many times or I'm feeling that tonight. I, I want to gently but, f- but firmly say in this moment, if that's you, you have an inadequate grasp of the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to understand what the cross of Jesus accomplished for you. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for it all. He paid for everything. And I mean everything. You know, he not only purchased through his blood the forgiveness of your sins and your eternal life with him, but he purchased every blessing and every answer to prayer that you will ever ever receive. Every one of them without exception, including every spiritual gift that God will ever give you. The cross is a revelation of God's grace. When we speak of grace... We are speaking of God treating a person without the slightest reference to their deserving, their earning, their merit, but solely according to his infinite goodness and generosity. So if you're here this evening and you're like, I think I'm an unlikely candidate to be used by God to heal the sick, you don't understand the grace of God. If you're here this evening and you think that you're an unlikely candidate to be used by God to perform a miracle, you've misunderstood his grace. If you're here this evening and you're just like, I didn't think God would give me a prophetic word, you have not understood 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, you have turned to rely on something in yourself. You are relating to God on a basis of works and not on the basis of the finished work of Jesus Christ, who purchased every blessing, including every spiritual gift for you. So, you know, when we approach spiritual gifts, and as we're in this series, and as we press into this as a church, forget about yourself. <laughs> forget about what you've done, or how, what you've not done, how worthy you feel, or how unworthy you feel. Forget about how much you know, how much you pray, what your personality is like. It is a gift of grace to you. You know, here is the way to test whether you really believe that the spiritual gifts are a gift of grace. Do you believe that someone else is more worthy of receiving spiritual gifts than you? Do you think that there is someone else who God would rather give a, give a prophetic word to? I tell you what, as I've been preparing for this, I had that moment when I had to repent. Because so I was like, oh, Lord. I spent some time over the last month just randomly with a few different very prophetic people. And, I, you know, I realized as I was preparing for this, I was like, oh, Lord, you know what? Actually, I've had a moment where I've looked at them and gone, oh, well, they have such intimacy with you, Lord. Of course you would speak to them like that. And I've misunderstood in that moment the finished work of Jesus Christ. I've misunderstood the gift of grace that the spiritual gifts are and that they're mine to eagerly desire as much as the next person. Maybe as you look out at other people, it's those who are more emotionally together than you. Maybe in a better family situation or their relationships are stronger than yours. Maybe it's someone who knows the Bible better than you do. Maybe it's someone who serves more at church or someone who's kinder than you or more empathetic. Maybe it's someone who you just look at and go, well, they just seem to have it more together. And when we're in worship, they just, they just seem to, to feel God more than I feel him and say, okay, I think it's for them, but this isn't for me. That's absolutely wrong. These spiritual gifts are for every single person in this room. Love that. In, in verse 7, let me just make sure I get this right. To each, sorry, I've got to scroll back on this one. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That word each, again, can be translated to every, to every person. It's the priesthood of all believers if you've grown up in the Anglican church. It's everyone gets to play <laughs> in the vineyard. We like to make things nice and simple. Everyone gets to play. This isn't just for me and Alice as the pastors of the church. He gets to be super spiritual and, see, and pray for people and see them healed. This is for every single person sat in this room. If you follow Jesus, these spiritual gifts are available to you. The Christian way of salvation when you really get it, teaches that God has eliminated all of the distinctions we normally draw, draw between men and women regarding our wealth, our knowledge, our relational abilities, our social standing, our education, our cultural background, our race, our class. All of these distinctions are eliminated in Christ Jesus and we are made one in the unity of the blood of Christ. So we all sit here and I get to stand in this moment, equally qualified to be used by God in the spiritual gifts. And so, I hope that tonight as we introduce this, that something is stirring within you. That as you look at your life, even as you look at your life over the next week and go, okay, God, where are you putting me? 
What would it look like for me to eagerly desire your spiritual gifts? What would it look like, Spirit of God, for you to begin to break out? You know, we sang that song tonight, didn't we? Spirit, break out. Spirit, break out. Well, let's actually start going after that stuff. And so over the next, next sort of five weeks as we do this, my invitation to you is to take this seriously and, and really spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in your small groups. Spend some time in your friendship groups to go, hey, Lord, which spiritual gift do you want us to press into? And as I said, we're going to do some practical teaching on it. But you know what? Just give it a go. If someone's sick in your small group, just be like, hey, let's just pray for healing and see if they get healed. They might not, but they might. And how cool if they did. Let's just give this a go. So, this is a moment for us as a church to press into this. And I really believe that this is a moment that isn't just going to sit with us in these kind of five, six weeks in this moment of time. I think this is going to reshape the way that some of us are living in our discipleship to Jesus, and we're going to see God do amazing things with us. Who's with me? Yes, amazing. Why don't, if you're able to, why don't we stand?